Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. Good morning, what's good everybody? Welcome back to Message Mornings. My name is Sammy, super excited to be continuing this series that we started. But before we get into it, actually, I want to know how you guys are doing. How has your week been? Uh, My week has been very busy planning for tomorrow, our higher live. We're going live tomorrow um, on YouTube. And check this out if you are a parent or a youth leader or a youth pastor and you need something for your young kids to get involved in that roots them in God but also allows them to have a good time. So today we're going to be continuing the series that we started looking at Psalm 1 uh, called Rooted in Righteousness. Super excited to be continuing this with you guys. And last time we looked at verse 1 and we were looking at how it is important to be with the right people in order to be rooted in righteousness. And today we're going to be looking at verse 2. Now because Psalm 1 is pretty short, we can read this every time together to set the context of what we're going to be focusing on um, in today. So let's read Psalm 1 all together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, in all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I know what you're thinking. This is really easy, something really easy to digest on a Thursday morning. I know you're very welcome. Uh, It's pretty deep, but basically we can see what Psalm 1 is all about, isn't it? And we looked at this last time. Uh, But the thing is, if we purely look at Psalm 1 as a psalm which tells us the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked, we've missed something really important that the psalmist is trying to get across. I mean, let's consider this morning why it's the first time. Let's consider its placement in the Bible. See, Psalm 1 stands as an introduction to the whole book of Psalms. And there is some key advice given in this first Psalm about how we should receive, respond, and devote ourselves to God's word here found in the book of Psalms. See, from verse 2, which says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night, we can see that we should receive God's word with delight. We should receive with meditation and devote ourselves day and night. Let me read that again. We should receive God's word with delight. We should respond with meditation and devote ourselves day and night. And that's where the title of this talk today came from. Uh, The title of this talk is AM to PM. And when I was reading this text, I was reminded of a song by one of my favorite artists. I I use the word favorite quite loosely because I didn't actually like a lot of her music, but I loved her movies. So in turn, I started to listen to a lot of her music. Her name is Christina Milian, and she's got a song called AM to PM. And in this song, she's talking about how much she loves partying. She loves it. She can't get 
enough. For her, there is something that happens when the beat drops and all the guys and the girls are getting on the dance floor and having a good time. She can't get enough of it. She absolutely loves it. And she says that she can do this from a.m. to p.m. This is what she loves to do. And she goes further. She invites everyone to join in with her. She's like, come on, everyone, join in. We've got the time to do this. We've got 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We don't need sleep. I mean, that's wild. But this is all we need. She loves partying. She delights in it and she talks about it and she lives it a.m. to p.m. and invites other people to join in with her. And this is what the psalmist, I believe, is doing right here with us. See, he's inviting us right from the start of the whole book of Psalms to love God's word and to fully immerse ourselves in it completely. Let's look at verse two again. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. If I was to ask you about your favorite football team, a lot of you like to go on about this. I don't really care about football, but hey, each to their own. If I was to ask you about your favorite football team, your best friend, um, your spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend, musician, or a celebrity you like, I bet you could give me a lot of information and context about them. See, these details are what make, uh, these details are what make up why we delight in them. See, at the end of the day, to love something, to find pleasure, to delight in it, we need to know what it's about, don't we? And that's why I thought it'd be really key for us this morning to break down what law means in the context of this psalm because, because it's important for us to understand it as the psalmist is encouraging us to delight in it. So what does it mean when it says the law of the Lord? See, in Hebrew, the word translated as law is Torah, which literally means instruction. And we can find it in other areas of the Bible, meaning things like law, direction, instruction, and teaching. From this, we can define the law of the Lord in the context of this psalm like this. We can say the law of the Lord is the divine teaching, direction, and instruction of God. The law of the Lord is the divine teaching, direction, and instruction of God. And this is what the psalmist is calling us to delight in. The law of God, the, the instruction of God, our Bible, our word, this right here, the amazing word of God. He's telling us uh, that this divine instruction can be found right here in the book of Psalms. See, it transforms it completely because you start to realize they're not just songs, they're not just hymns or poems, but are the word of God which illuminates the path of the righteous. So let's read verse one again in light of this. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. And from this verse, I think that there are three questions that we should answer today. The first question is this. And I want to ask you this morning, do we delight in the law of the Lord? Do we delight in his word? Do we delight in his word? See, verse two does not say that his obligation is in the law of the Lord. It doesn't say that his burden or his chore, the idea of something that weighs you down. It doesn't say any of this to describe it. It actually says that it's his delight 
It's his pleasure. His pleasure is in the law of the Lord. Let that sink in for a moment because in terms of God's word, what people had back then was vastly different to what we have today. I mean, we've got Bibles upon Bibles in our houses, different translations. We can access commentaries, all these things that we have. But back then, they didn't have a lot of that, did they? So just catch that for a moment. Let that sink in. Perhaps this person writing this would have only had um, the, like the, the, the idea of the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I mean, I don't know a lot of people who delight in Leviticus. I mean, the other night, um, I just wanted a piece of scripture that would allow me to go to sleep just really peacefully. And you know, maybe like Psalm 4 verse 8 or something like that. And I was like, oh, let me, let me just dig up into my Bible before I go to bed. And I saw that my Bible plan was up to Leviticus and I said, no, uh, maybe something different tonight. But basically this person would have delighted in all of this because it was God's word. So what more us who have the whole Bible? We get to read the promise of redemption throughout the Old Testament fulfilled and revealed in the New Testament. We get to read about the moment where Jesus, our living Torah, our living instruction steps down to earth and reveals the meaning of the words that he had inspired to be written. How incredible is that? That is what we have. So what more us, how much more should we delight in God's teaching in his instruction? But the thing is, how often do we go elsewhere for guidance when the Bible actually has everything that we need? See, in Psalm 19, verses 10 to verses 7 to 10, David says this. He says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. Wow. Isn't that incredible? See, David recognizes that God's word is amazing. It is everything that we need. And actually taking us through Jonah, Benjak highlighted um, that when reading the story of this prophet, we see this amazing piece of scripture, which teaches us about repentance. And he called that teaching the repentance handbook. You should go and check it out. It's on message mornings. You can find that on YouTube. But here's the thing. As you read scripture, you start to find that each passage is its own handbook teaching us the ways of God. Let me say this, the Bible is the everything handbook. I mean, where else can we go? David recognizes this when he describes God's teaching in the following ways in that, in that, in that psalm that we just read. He describes it as perfect, trustworthy, right, clear, pure, true, fair. And he ends in talking about God's law in verse 10, saying that it is amazing. He says that it is, it is um, let me just get it up. He says that they are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. I mean, wow. A lot of people actually think that David is the author of Psalm 1. And if he is, it makes a lot of sense that he's writing this stuff from experience. This is a man who lived in God's blessing. 
He wasn't perfect, but, but he stumbled a lot, didn't he? But he always came back to God's word. He wasn't afraid to be taught what was right. He wasn't afraid to be rebuked and to be disciplined by God's teaching and commandments. He knew that this was what was best for him. Do we know that this morning? If we were asked to describe God's word, would we describe it the same way that David does? This is a challenge to all of us today. See, here's the thing. God knows what we need more than we do. We need him. We need his word. Remember that the psalm opened with blessed, blessed, happy is the person who in verse 1 avoids the X, Y, and Z, but rather in verse 2 delights in the, in the word of God. The reason why we like happiness and contentment and fulfillment is because we're looking for it elsewhere. Here in this psalm, we are reminded that it's only found in delighting in God's word. The second question I'd like to ask us this morning is, do we meditate on his word? Do we meditate on his word? See, Psalm 1 also tells us to meditate on God's word. And to meditate means to mutter, to moan, to muse. This shows us a picture of slowing down and contemplating God's word. It's an invitation to respond and digest what we're reading and what we're hearing. So I recently moved in with my friends, Jacob and Rachel. Um, and I'm not going to lie, guys, I'm a pretty good cook. I, I've narrowed down a few recipes that, that I just like to get out there from time to time just to flex a little bit, you know. But Rachel's almost on my level. Uh, no, I'm joking. Rachel's a very good cook as well. And actually, oftentimes when we're sat down at the dinner table eating food, me and Jacob are sat there like, mmm, this is so good. Oh, wow, the flavors. Oh, my gosh. It's one step further than just eating. We are responding and digesting it. And that's what we should do with Scripture. One step further than reading mulling it over. You know, I used to hate when I first became a Christian and I would hear people say things like this. Um, you should just like take a piece of scripture and chew on it. And you should just like oh, begin to feel and, and taste the richness of God's word. It used to really cringe me out a lot. And when people are like, oh, I just love chewing on this nugget of scripture. Honestly, it used to do my head and I was like, God, what have I signed up for? I've got to love these people for eternity. Now I'm only joking, but actually I want to apologize because they were completely right. That is exactly what we should do. We should mull it over. We should chew it on it. And I think it's actually really interesting that often we call God's word daily bread. We equate it to food, don't we? See, Charles Spurgeon says this, reading reaps the wheat, meditation threshes it, grinds it, and makes it into bread. Reading reaps the wheat, meditation threshes it, grinds it, and makes it into bread. In other words, it's only when we begin to meditate on God's word that we actually begin to feed our spirit. We need to feed our spirit. I remember going to one of my first ever prayer storm events um, and hearing James Aladdin uh, speak about the importance of feeding our spirit. And he said something like this. He said, if some of you could see how weak and deprived your spiritual body is, then you would be in shock. And immediately I was in shock. Our spiritual bodies need to be fed. You know, no wonder when it comes to spiritual activities like prayer, we get tired so easily. We, we can just about stand a few minutes, if that. <laughs> 
And when it comes to lasting in pursuing the way of righteousness, which is what this psalm is calling us to, Hebrews 12.1 reminds us to run with perseverance, the race marked before us. But here's the thing, nutrition is a very important part of every athlete's life. Those of us who fail to feed off the nutrition of God's word will struggle in the long run. We will not last in the areas God has entrusted and called us to. These are spiritual matters which require spiritual sustenance. Feed your spirit, meditate on God's word. That is what will sustain you. Do you meditate on his word? Do you feed on it? Let's pause for a moment and summarize why delighting and meditating on God's word is good. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. As we delight ourselves in him, we begin to become more like him. In his word, God reveals himself to us. This changes us. It shapes us, shapes our character, shapes our desires and our intentions. As he roots us in his righteousness, our desires will reflect him and boom, that amazing promise comes to pass. This is good. In terms of meditating, as we feed our spirit by meditating on God's word, we are filling ourselves with what is good. Psalm 19 verse 8, that that passage we read before says this, the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Wow. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. That idea of blessedness, again, that happiness that we all want. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. His instruction guides us. It shows us how to live. If we're meditating on the stuff, we are focusing on what is right. As we go about our day to day, whatever we do actually becomes worship. It brings us fulfillment and joy, that happiness, that blessedness. You know, I think it's pretty interesting that a lot of us are already mulling over what we're going to be doing on June the 21st, when hopefully, if everything goes to plan, here in England, we'll be looking at coming out of lockdown, seeing our loved ones, the ones that we've not seen for a while, holding them, traveling, going on holidays, doing all of this amazing stuff that we've been missing and yearning for. See, this thing that we're mulling over already, this promise that, that, that has been said to us, it brings us comfort and joy as we think about it. It strengthens us to continue in this lockdown. And here in Psalm 1, actually, in the same way, we are given the promise of eternal life and the blessings of the one who follows the path of righteousness. As we meditate on that, as we mull over that, it strengthens us to keep going on this path that God has set before us. So with that in mind, seeing that delighting ourselves in God is good, seeing that meditating on God's word is good, I have one final question. Why do we not do this day and night? It's clearly good for us. There is nothing better to delight in than God's divine teaching, God's direction and God's instruction. And it's found here in this Bible. See, as we choose to follow the way of righteousness, one thing that will keep us rooted on that path is God's word. There are only two times in my life that I need God to keep me rooted in righteousness. And that's from the a.m. to the p.m. And that just about covers it all. Let's delight in his 
word. Let's read it. Let us meditate on it day and night, a.m. to p.m., because this will lead to transformation. Before I pray for us this morning, I know that this may have been a really hard one for some of us today. Actually, in light of the stuff that we've been talking about, um, you've come to the conclusion that you don't delight yourself in God's word. Please today do not feel condemned. Rather feel compelled to ask God to give you the hunger and love for his word. Better still, why don't you ask him to ignite that hunger that's already deep inside of you in your spirit, that hunger that was already ignited the moment you said yes to Jesus. It's already there. Your spirit yearns for God. Your spirit hungers for God. Why don't you pray today that God will reveal that hunger to you? It's already there. See, I think that actually that in light of all of this stuff, Psalm 1 is a great place to start. I want to encourage you guys to read this psalm in your own time, to meditate on it, really dig deep. I mean, think of all we've talked about today, and this is just one verse. Some of it probably was missed as the microphone stuff was happening, but this is just one verse from one person who doesn't know it all, who's unpacking what God has said to them. There is so much more to be discovered in this short psalm with six verses. And actually a great way that we can meditate and delight in scripture is to memorize it. Think about it. The people that we love, the things that we love, the things that we find pleasure in, our favorite songs, we know this stuff off by heart. We can recap it in a heartbeat. I could tell you story after story about my best friends and recap verbatim our sad times, our happy times, our, exci our exciting times and the dialogue that we've shared because these are the amazing things that I've been through with them and I love them to pieces. They are memories that I've stored up in my heart because I love them. I delight in them. And today I want to kind of enlighten this idea for us in this as well. Part of delighting in God is storing up his word in our heart. So this week, as you read the Bible, as you approach scripture, why don't you slow it down? Why don't you mull it over? And why don't you memorize it? You can join me as we do this together in Psalm 1. And as we go about our day to day, we'll start to see that these things that we're memorizing will start to shape the way that we act, the way that we speak, and the way that we behave, and will keep us rooted on this path of righteousness. Let us pray this morning. Dear God, I thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Lord, I just want to thank you for um, the stuff that you've written in your word that helps us, God. It is our insight of how to live. It is everything that we need. Lord, I pray that for some of us today who may have found this really hard to listen to because we are struggling to connect with your word, God, would you just revive that fire deep inside of our hearts? Would you remind us of the love that we have for you, God? Would you remind us how good you are? Would we start to think of our, our, our history with you, Jesus, all the stuff that you've done, all the stuff that you do and all the stuff that you're going to do? And would this in turn 
enable us to delight in you, God, to delight in everything about you, to delight in your word. Lord, I pray that as people go away and start to memorize scripture, that they would that they would find this really helpful in their day-to-day lives, God. That as they do this, that you would keep them rooted in righteousness day to day from a.m. to p.m. Father, we thank you for your amazing word. And I pray that you'll be with us as we apply this into our lives. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I'll see you guys soon. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast, where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.